Microlize Group provides transport management software to fleet operators, helping them to improve efficiency, safety, and reduce emissions. The company was established in 1982. It listed on AIM in July 2021, when it raised over £61 million. Pounds. I'm delighted to be joined by the Chief Executive, Nadim Raza, and Chief Financial Officer, Bill Wynne. So, Nadim, you love this company so much that you led the management buyout in 2008. So what is it about Michael Lice? What does it do? So firstly, Sarah, thanks for having us on. Um, so as you mentioned, Michael Lice provides transport uh, solutions for companies with large fleets of vehicles. Uh, and of course, as well as that, we have a secondary customer base, which is OEMs who actually manufacture those vehicles. And what we do is we help them run their operations. If you can imagine somebody like Tesco, um, who have thousands of supermarkets, lots of warehouses, and they have to transport those goods from the warehouse to the supermarket. And then they have to transport, the, transport those goods, uh, particularly for home delivery from those supermarkets through to your doorstep. And when you have thousands of vehicles, tens of thousands of drivers, uh, that's a big operation that you need to manage and make sure that you're working it very, very efficiently. And our software and technology helps companies like Tesco do that. And then the secondary market in terms of uh, OEMs, uh, they use our technology in vehicles to understand how their vehicles are operating in real life compared to how they actually design them to operate. What are customers really doing with those vehicles? And, and we have customers in that space like MAN Trucks in Germany, uh, Tata Motors in, in India, uh, and slightly off-road uh, JCB, um, who obviously produce uh, construction equipment. And through our OEMs and through our direct customers, we operate literally in every single country in the world, apart from North Korea. <laughs> we have assets that we monitor uh, even in Antarctica, yeah. So we are, a, we are very much a global business, although a lot of our revenue still comes from the UK and Europe. And part of our growth story is that international expansion as we get more and more of our revenue from other international markets. So you're truly global. You've mentioned Tesco and JCB there. So you've got quite a big portfolio of big names. But how many customers do you have and do they love the company as much as you do do they stick around with you for a long time yeah actually we have a really really low churn rate um so when customers buy into our products and our services they tend to stick with us for a very long time we have customers who've been with us for 20 25 years um essentially we're providing an ongoing service to them in terms of helping them manage those operations and as they grow uh, you know, we provide more and more software and more solutions to help them continue to grow and also acquire other business. So, so we have about, about nearly 500 enterprise customers. So those are large companies with fleets over sort of 500 vehicles. Um, but we also have a lot of smaller customers, obviously through our OEM relationships, they supply their vehicles to customers that only have five or 10 vehicles. So literally we have thousands and thousands of customers. Um, but in that top end uh, large enterprise space, particularly in the UK, we're really dominant you know, in, in that space of, of fleets of over 500 vehicles. We have nearly 60% market share. 
and particularly in retail, uh, if you consider the retailers, people like Tesco, Sainsbury's, Morrison's, etc., uh, all of those household names, we have a 90% market share. So in the UK, we are, you know, we have a huge, really uh, supportive customer base, and uh, and it's continued to still grow even without large market share. So the company was started, I think I understand, in 1982. But Bill, you know, you were pretty successful as well, very successful as a private company. I always wonder why a company wants to list on AIM. And you did so. The timing was July 2021. So why come to market? I'm, I'm guessing um, international expansion, but why come to market and, and why then? Absolutely. Good morning, Sarah. We've been discussing about the options for the business going forward for a couple of years, and we saw an IPO as being the ideal opportunity for us. Um, July last year was, was important because one of the main reasons we went to market was to have access to capital to take the business forward, as you say, internationally, um, develop more products. Um, we are very cash generative, we saw a real key opportunity for M&A. I have background in, in doing lots of those kind of deals in the private uh, equity market. So I really did want to have that access to capital because we saw with the pandemic, a bit of um, management fatigue through the pandemic, a lot of consolidation, particularly in international markets. And we saw an opportunity there that um, we could see where companies might be available that would otherwise not be. Um, we'd made a small acquisition, which was the first for Microlize in March of that year. So we we wanted to complete an acquisition so we could, whilst I've done a lot of M&A, us as a management team hadn't done anything historically. So we wanted to be able to demonstrate to the market our credentials of being able to successfully integrate a business, which we had done despite lockdown and everything during the time um so perfect timing um so that had gone really well and you know we've we raised as you say the money that we did 18.4 million of that was new money coming into the business so net of all the costs and and the, the cash generative nature of the business that gave us quite a war chest to enable us to to look at opportunities and we continue to do so despite the pandemic and obviously the challenges that brings to get face-to-face -face with management teams, et cetera. We are progressing a number of discussions. So fingers crossed, I hope that'll bear fruit shortly. So Bill, are you known as Bill Buy and Build now? Is that how, <laughs> is this how um, we define the company? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Buy and Build is definitely where I see my strengths in helping to do that. Very good. Well, in terms of the board strengths, Nadim, um, you are recruiting so i understand that there's a new non-executive director coming on board gosh in a couple of days time so tell me what um th this new recruit brings to the board in terms of qualities so lucy uh Shaman monday is joining us as of the first of february um and and really uh, we met lucy uh, a while ago and uh, we were uh really excited about having her on our board uh, she brings a lot of experience from uh, working on other uh, listed businesses uh, and her background in terms of her experience with KPMG, et cetera, uh, really makes her an excellent choice for running our audit committee. So, again, 
uh, uh, you know, probably hasn't gone there notice that uh, she's a woman. And obviously we have a predominantly male board. And I think it's really uh, good to have diversity in teams. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to, to working with her over the coming months and years. Now, the only thing about being uh, a listed company is um, RNSs, and then you're at the mercy of interpretation. So your most recent RNS was very upbeat, but unfortunately, shareholders seem to latch on to the fact that there was some supply chain issues. But this isn't just exclusive to your company. So, I mean, how are you addressing supply chain issues and, and, and how big a deal is it to microalize? I think, um, you know, we have to take responsibility for perhaps not getting our message across clearly uh, in, the, in that RNS. Uh, it's important to note that this is not a, a demand problem. We have lots and lots of demand. You know, our OEM uh, order book is full throughout 2022 uh, and into 2023. So lots of demand from our OEM customers and our direct customers, again, are placing orders uh, higher and beyond what we were expecting in, in 2021. So this is not a demand issue, this is a supply issue. Uh, and really those chip shortages and other supply chain factors are slowing us down in terms of our delivery to our customers. And we've been quite cautious in our forecast for 2023, uh, 2022 and 2023, uh, in terms of we don't really know how long those supply chain issues are gonna, are gonna last. The, the industry view and the consensus we're getting is that those are gonna last all throughout this year and probably into the beginning of next year. And hence, we've been quite conservative and cautious in the, in the forecast that we've, um, you know, we've been talking about. Um, if, however, those issues um, diminish much earlier, then you know we will certainly beat our forecast by by some way, um, because as I said, this is not a it's not a it's not a a demand issue. There is lots and lots of demand out there, and lots of people wanting to buy our technology and our services. We just have a problem supplying it. So, Bill, there's organic growth and there is the growth that comes with the acquisitions. Targets, have you set yourself targets in terms of how many acquisitions you'd like to make or is it buy, integrate, let's see, keep searching? I'm thinking about the criteria of potential sure. acquisition targets. Absolutely. Um, we have a strategy for M&A. We, we look at opportunities that tick a number of boxes. One is essentially technology bolt-on. So we're looking for essentially software products that extend our whole our footprint within organizations. So, and increases that cradle to grave. So in the whole transport system methodology. So we, we're looking at opportunities for those. Um, international, as you mentioned, is, is certainly a priority. So we're looking for opportunities that, help support our teams in France and Australia where we have subsidiaries currently we have one in India as well but it's less of a trading uh, sales or, uh, subsidiary whereas in the, uh, France and Australia are so we're looking to support those with acquisitions um, <clears throat> our criteria is that we don't really want to buy a version of ourselves 
because that sounds quite arrogant, but a lot of, if you look at, if you break down kind of M&A, you know, so much is for the customers, so much is for the underlying technology in a software business. Well, we've got the technology, so we don't need that. So we're looking um, essentially for those technology bolt-ons, but internationally, we will buy a version of ourselves if it accelerates and acts as a catalyst in those markets. It's okay to have a, a touch of arrogance as, as, long as, it's, as long as it's realistic. So Nadine, finally, um, you do have shareholders. Obviously you're looking forward to welcoming new shareholders onto the register. Um, so in terms of shareholder value, how do you intend to create it in 2022? Well, we are, we are continuing to, to grow as a business. So both top line and bottom line growth. Uh, we also have a number of programs in place to increase our margins, uh, and, and so those are, those are, uh, are happening throughout 2021 and will continue into 2022, and again, we, we foresee that actually our margins should be better over the coming years, and I think that you know, the, the business overall is, is, as Bill mentioned, is quite cash generative, and at some point in the future, um, you know, we, we aim that to actually do some dividends as well, not in the short term, because we're very much focusing on acquisitions and growing, uh, uh, you know, accelerating our growth in, in that way. Um, but I think there are a number of those options available to us uh, to continue to enhance shareholder value. And I think it's also uh, great that, you know, our institutional investors have been very supportive. They understand the issues that play out in the market. And, um, you know, they've been, I've had a number of conversations this week and they've been really, really supportive in what we're doing and how we're progressing. A lot to look forward to. Gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. Nadim Raza, Chief Executive, and Bill Wynn, the Chief Financial Officer of Microlize Group. Thank you very much indeed. Sarah, thank you. Thank you, Sarah.